0: There was an idea.
1: Ormolu, I come to bargain.
0: Before we get started,
1: does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Baskin Robbins always finds out.
2: i have the faster way. Are you Tony's stank? I am Iron. Man.
0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo. Welcome back, everybody. We said we'd be back. We didn't lie. We're back. I don't know. Maybe I have just like PTSD from all the times I was like, we're back and squad up and we're not going anywhere. And then we'd go on hiatus for three months.
1: You know, it's <laughs> nice every once in a while when you deliver on the promise.
0: Yeah, it feels you know, good. It feels you gotta good. Keep,
1: you got you to gotta throw the bait out there and let them reel back in a little, you know?
0: <laughs> well, and who is that I hear? It's a peach. Very... Queer. yeah the master of telling know, the, the master <laughs> of people
1: whoa come on the ma- i'm not that weird the master <laughs> of telling people i'll be back and then not coming back aka on the peaches stream whoops <laughs> we have a we have a thing in common
0: we have also got the sound lord himself
3: chris chris it's welcome a, back it's me thank you for having me back on this show that i've only missed like three times
0: <laughs> welcome back chris we miss you every time you're gone uh, and we also have younger, cooler Chris on the show because Danny's here. Oh, Hi, Danny.
1: Amazing. Hey, that's me. <laughs> Chris, we hate to see you go, but we love to watch you leave. Oh, there you oh. go. <laughs> oh, what the heck? All <laughs> right, going? now Danny, you you go.
2: Uh
0: uh-uh. oh, no sir. <laughs> you got paid for that kind of a podcast. Uh, so we're going to be talking about episode two of Moon Knight here in a moment, but Danny, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on the first episode of Moon Knight that we got just last week. What'd you think? Aces.
2: As, <laughs> oh. a, as a, I Isn't believe it? our friend Stephen Grant would say <laughs> about one thing in this episode that I can't recall off the top of my head. <laughs> lentil uh, soup. <laughs> oh yes, the lentil soup was ace. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun ride here, I think. Um, we're third of the way through already. I think I'm going to actually mention this later, but I like how self-contained it is Uh, Yeah, up to this point. Obviously, two episodes in, but uh, yeah, very, uh, very exciting. Uh, I've always, I haven't really read any Moon Knight comics, but the character's always been interesting to me. So it's cool to see, see this explored in live action. Plus Oscar Isaac is great. So cool to see him in things.
0: Well, today we're going to be discussing episode two of Moon Knight, Summon the Suit which is directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, and it's written by Michael Castelline, Jeremy Slater, and Danielle Iman. So after a recap of last week's episode, we open with Steven waking up in his flat to the sounds of the dying jackal creature. Isn't that just a lovely alarm clock? Just a a dying jackal?
3: I've actually set that as my alarm now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I might change... Well,
1: we talked about the tingle before the episode, so I don't know. Maybe I want that noise right now. I have um, hey. A... <laughs> right now, there's a my alarm tone. There's this TikTok of this dude that like remixes stupid sayings, and he it's him saying, "Get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go," and then it's like techno music. So, oh, is that um, Mark Mark riblet. Rib- Ribby. <laughs> Ribbit Ribby Ribbit or riblet? I don't know. <laughs> He's a sandwich at McDonald's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pretty
0: sure it's Mark Spector. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Mark right, Spector.
1: Right. Reel it back in. Good job.
0: <laughs> Steven attempts to get Mark to speak to him by talking into a mirror, but gets no response. Oh.
3: He has to say Bloody Mark three times with the lights out to summon him. <laughs>
0: He goes back to the museum and finds the wreckage of the battle between Moon Knight and the Jackal. And I say battle very loosely because it was very one-sided. It was very... <laughs> it was somebody getting punched on the ground over and over again. The security guard tells Steven that the damage was caused by a pipe burst. And also that he doesn't believe it. The two go to check the security food- footage. footage... <laughs> Oh, you tried your <laughs> English accent. No, no. I'm 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 Swedish. I'm <laughs> Swedish now. We're checking the security food You wrote those notes. We're not even trying to fool you. <laughs> uh with Steven telling the guard that what he's gonna see is bonkers. Rolled the tape. The security tape shows Bruv. Steven, but not the jackal. And he comes out of the bathroom and he looks at the camera, and it's clearly it's Mark. Steven then, unfortunately, loses his job, but not before receiving a very nice pamphlet from HR that I'm sure will just solve all of his problems.
1: I actually ha- I forgot about this moment until you read it. I actually do have something about that, so here's my second hidden point that I didn't put in the other notes. The first comic run that I read is interesting, and... Maybe brief spoiler if you plan on reading this one. But like I said in the first episode, I didn't really love it overall. So I don't know if I'd recommend it. The The reason I think it's interesting is because the villain in that run of the six issues out of 18 that there is a run, like a consistent plot, is his therapist. And I kind of had like shady therapy vibes from the guy that handed him the pamphlet like he was a little on the creepy side he was maybe a little culty about like yeah they're really good they'll take care of you you know like they he seemed a little too charming about about that particular group of doctors and maybe that's just because i read the comic run yeah i don't think it's gonna go anywhere it might not even be a nod to that run it just had those sort of vibes for me. Like, Whoa. basically what happens in that comic run is his therapist lulls him to sleep in one of the sessions and steals Kanshu from him. Kanshu deems the therapist more worthy than Mark. So Mark loses his powers. The powers go to the therapist. And then he has to fight the therapist with the Kanshu powers as just Mark. Dr. Konshu. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds really interesting. It really wasn't. So, oh, no. <laughs> because I really like that well, idea yeah we didn't see this guy's sleeve rolled up maybe he's got
2: the scales and he's all part of this uh, cult too
1: that's true was anyone I don't... able to
3: figure out what the figure on his desk was there was it looked like an Egyptian figure
2: I did desk. not even notice
1: so I was too busy looking at the reflection in the desk every time they put a reflection of Steven slash Mark on this show I am like watching it like a hawk and missing all the other details because I'm like what's the reflection doing to the point where I don't even know what the regular version is doing because I'm looking at the reflection.
0: Have you guys thought about how they all have scale tattoos and Amit has the head of a crocodile, so they all have scales like a crocodile? No. Whoa. After a while, I thought about it. <laughs> in a In a while? as Skaters. So, I guess my take on the whole HR conversation that he has with him is it just makes me... I gotta watch what I say because there are some HR people that listen to the show. There are some HR takes that I don't think are from the HR person themselves, but from like a corporate standpoint that I don't enjoy. And this was like an encapsulation of that. They were like, Hey, we're here for you. We care for you. Also, get out. Give us your name tag. (laughs) Give us your name tag and get out. I don't think that's the HR person's like fault, but I think it like just it makes me feel icky about corporate things i was gonna say corporate america but this is supposed to be in london and so
2: london (laughs) yeah get (laughs) it right bruv i I said it that way
0: london so yeah it just makes me feel kind of icky i don't know if the guy is actually in on it maybe that's your stork. it's the the hr stork of the (laughs) um, i don't know i
1: i wouldn't say that i'd stork that guy that sounds weird i wouldn't say that i
3: (laughs) 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 We have no choice but to stork.
1: There's there's not enough plot with him to develop a stork. In, in my head, I just thought it was an interesting <laughs> parallel between the comic that I read. Like, I didn't pause to take a look at the pamphlet and like see what the doctors looked like or what the name of the orga- organization was. It was just, oh, therapy. Although I can see how maybe that could be a part of several Moon Knight comic runs. Maybe he has a therapist in many of them. Therapy is healthy, by the way. Everyone go to therapy. <laughs> yeah.
0: After a one-sided pep talk from his Golden Street performer friend, Steven decides to find the home of the storage key that he found in his apartment. Once he reaches it, he finds a room filled with clothes, Egyptian artifacts, a cot that someone has been sleeping in, a duffel bag full of cash, as well as the scarab that has caused him so much trouble. But just before he enters this storage room, we get a little, a little Easter egg, uh, perhaps, gisas? A little a little Easter egg there. Quisas is perhaps in Spanish. I apologize. Oh, for... me so horny. Oh, <laughs> oh, me
2: so horny.
0: <laughs> it is also a running joke in the hit movie Disturbia. Uh, <laughs> wow, this took a turn. Uh, Danny. <laughs> hello. <laughs> There's a QR code on the door. What? Did you scan the QR code?
2: No. Oh. Um, His but I, did <laughs> yes, he just did. I, I, I saw it. I was like, "Wow, I am going to scan this," and then I realized, no, everybody on the internet is going to scan. it, I am going to see what it was anyway, and that is exactly what happened. Ooh, I have a dog barking in the background. Anyway, scan the QR. I, ooh, I didn't scan the QR code. I just lied to everybody after telling the truth about not scanning it. Uh, anyway, so if if listener, you have not seen this or done it yourself, scanning the QR code takes you to Marvel's website. Whereupon you are able to read a free issue of Moon Knight. Well, actually, I don't remember. Was it a Moon Knight issue or was it Werewolf by Night? This
3: week was Werewolf by Night. It turns out there was also a QR code in last week's episode that I missed.
2: Oh, What? 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 Yeah, there was a QR
3: code in the first episode that uh, it was in the museum. It was up on the wall and I brought you to a different Moon Knight issue. Uh, This week brought you to the Werewolf by Night issue that was the debut of Moon Knight. And I noticed on the page, it said check back every week. So I think we've got ourselves a little Easter egg hunt to look for the QR code in every episode.
1: An actual Easter egg hunt. Yes. In a Marvel exciting. thing. Um, Is this now the coolest series? Yes. It might be. Wow. Um, it's, really,
0: it's really cool how they get you to scan this code and then take all your data.
1: <laughs> Listen, <Uh-oh. laughs> I already have Marvel Unlimited. I don't need the free trial, but I will scan their QR codes. They can have my data, baby. <laughs> and your money. But I feel
2: like, I think the QR code probably is more subtle in the museum. Whereas this was like, I've never, I mean, I haven't been to as many storage lockers, but I've never seen a QR code (laughs) on one like that.
3: It was so prominent that I made a note in my phone. I said, like, remind me in 45 minutes to scan the QR code. (laughs) So that when the show ended, I got the message and I was like, oh yeah, I got to go back and scan it.
2: I'm wondering if, uh, well, obviously... There's multiple, and there will be more in the future, it seems like. Uh, Now, is it just an Easter egg, or is it hinting at the future of either the series or the MCU? Because we know there's a Werewolf by Night Halloween special coming. I don't know if that's ever actually been officially announced by Marvel, uh, or if it's just one of those widely reported in Hollywood things. But I wonder if Moon Knight in the comics was introduced in a Werewolf by Night issue. Will the character Wolf by night be introduced in the moon knight series uh and then have his own halloween special i guess later this year but that'll be pretty interesting especially going forward uh, as we go more into the supernatural side of the mcu or the marvel universe obviously midnight suns there's a video game coming out so <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the
1: dog in the background yeah, of your, your by code, code conversation to, is, to is the perfect. I'm not editing that out. That's perfect. <laughs> well,
2: there's there's always seems to be some sort of like synergy between all the different Marvel things going on, uh, especially like to tie into the to MCU. It seems uh, infamously with the X Men and Fantastic Four being kind of pushed to the side while Fox still had
1: them. But it'll be. <laughs> I really, I really. <laughs> tell my nephew it's a jackal (laughs) bring bear on the show please yeah yeah (laughs) he's got a lot to say clearly
2: Clearly. uh well all that to say i hope that uh even if (laughs) werewolf by night does not show up in this series i'm looking forward to that and you know with blade coming vampires and stuff i think that'll be fun to explore this side of things
3: I also really like that they're like explicitly pushing people towards the comics now because I've seen a lot of like comic writers and artists say that, you know, it would be great if like even just at the end of the credits of the movies, they had a little message saying for more, check out your local comic shop or or maybe, you know, listed, you know, a couple comics that maybe the movies were drawn from, you know, just telling people to read the comics because in theory, you know, these movies should be something that, get people interested in reading some of the source material and getting interested in those characters. And sometimes it feels more like the comics are supporting the movies when the comics, you know, are the originals. And, you know, I think that, you know, they can be their own entities, but finally taking the TV show and putting in this Easter egg as a way to get people reading the comics, I think is a great idea. And I'd like to see them do more like that.
1: Maybe not necessarily an it's Easter egg. It's weird listening to you say Easter egg and not cringe at Yeah, it. well,
3: you know, this one's is actual... Like, this <laughs> is about as Easter egg as it gets. Yeah. They're hiding something in the episode for you to look for, and it's a little bonus. Like, that's I... the definition of an Easter egg.
1: I looked up the first one to see the specific scene that it's in, and it's right before he gets... Before Stephen gets, like, burned by that little child. It's on the... <laughs> next to the sarcophagus on the wall. It's It, it looks to me... I, now that I see it, like I recognize it from the first episode. But to me, that one makes more sense because it's like, oh, you're in a museum. Maybe you've got like your headphones in and you've got the little audio cue. You scan your phone or you scan something and you get to hear a little you know, thing about the... Instead of reading, you can listen to it.
2: Totally. Uh, well, not totally unrelated, but I was just in Boston and I went to a museum there and I was upset that they didn't have things to read i had to scan something and pull up on my phone i was like i just want to look at the plaque and read it i don't have to keep pulling my phone out
1: no i like the audio thing way. like if i'm going to a museum i prefer that because then i can look at the thing they're talking about while they're talking about it instead of like reading and then looking and i mean this is like super first world problems but (laughs) between the two i like having narration while i'm looking at a thing as opposed to the narration yeah yeah, that's that's. This was more like I had to scan
2: it to pull up just like something to read. So I don't know. I just, oh, that's don't the to keep
1: doing that. Yeah, that's the marrying of the worst parts of those two. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's like I want to look at this thing and look at like okay, this is what this is. It's from this era, whatever.
0: Well, and I think the. Um... Going back to what you were talking about with the comics, Chris, I think this has a... If it is successful, and I think it will be, I think Moon Knight's going to end up being a big success. I, uh, great success, sorry. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I think it's going to end up being really successful and it's going to have an effect similar to what we saw with Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy being a comic run that had a lot of different people, a lot of different hands. There was not a... There was not a, like a this is the guardians of the galaxy type of thing there were lots of members who were always in and out it was written in lots of different styles and then the movies came along and then ended up dictating sort of the future of where the comics went for a while right like the the guardians of the galaxy comics definitely took a lot of inspiration from the movies and then inserted that into the comics I could see Moon Knight having a similar effect where people are going to watch this show and then want to read more not necessarily about this type of Moon Knight but one that is very similar in character so i could see the show kind of going backwards and going back into the comics uh later on i'm
2: looking forward to the moon night ride at epcot <laughs> <laughs> they'll put in morocco that's close enough it's like freaking frozen
1: in norway <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> it's just a fun house you just go into a fun house there's a bunch of mirrors and Somehow they talk back to you.
3: (laughs) That'd be incredible. It's funny that the Guardians of Galaxy did have a lot of hands, but Rocket's hands don't scan. And that's why he needs your help to break (laughs) them out of the collector's jail.
2: These hands don't scan.
0: Uh, Steven also finds a gun as well as a passport that belongs to one Mark Spector who conveniently begins to speak to him and the reflection on the walls of the storage room.
2: Ooh, I had a quick comment about the passport. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there's a pretty decent chance that it's a forgery or uh, whatever. Uh, as a mercenary, he probably has fake documents and stuff. However, the issue date was in, I think, December of 2018, which would be post-snap, I believe, um, which would imply then that that character was not dusted. That's good um, to know. At- so again, I, you know, that may not be something that ever actually comes up. Well, they do seem to be exploring that with a lot of characters, but this is a brand new character. So I don't know if it's as important to know. I,
3: I think it's just from the kinds of stories you can tell about a character when an event like the snap has happened, the blip, then I think it does kind of need to be established to like, what happened to this person in the five years that, that were missing for, for some people. So if, if, Maybe he was a mercenary during those five years. I mean, gets, that when he's talking to Layla later and you get a bit of their shared history, I feel like it is kind of implied that these are, you know, have been ongoing. And, you know, she doesn't seem concerned that when he wasn't answering his phone that, you know, I didn't know if you got blipped or whatever. It was just, you know, I thought something happened to you. So I feel like it's implied that their adventures may be occurred partially during that time
2: Hmm.
0: i think because they came out beforehand and said this is going to be its own standalone thing that doesn't sort of coincide with the rest of the marvel universe in the same way that we have traditionally seen it that make that leads me to believe that they're not going to cover that kind of stuff it leads me to believe that they're going to leave it sort of on its own and and this will be its own type of thing like it'll still exist in the same world but it will not be like we need to explore some of those like not i don't want to say tropes but some of those storylines some of those threads Mm -hmm. like i don't think they're going to be following those threads
2: yeah i was like with like elena that obviously makes sense because her relationship with nat and not knowing what happened to her
3: i like how he only does it when you're
2: talking
0: i know it's amazing (laughs) he like knows
2: He's like, that's my dad.
1: Yeah. Here, give me, give me one moment. I'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Peach. I'm interrupting uh, my myself. Danny is taking care of Bear. You've heard Bear. He, he, we should get him on the show. Clearly, he very much wants to be on this episode. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for Danny to get back, I, I gotta be honest with you. I am like cutting it close to the wire right now. I'm doing audio editing this week. And I've got about 20 minutes before midnight on Monday. I'm trying to race to get it done. I'm a procrastinator to the very end. That's just how it is. It, it is what it is, you know. Uh, but speaking of procrastination, what are you guys doing waiting on your audible.com trial? You know, Assembly Required is brought to you by audible.com. You've heard of Audible, you know, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment, audiobooks. Ranging from bestsellers to memoirs, news, business, self development. You know, you know the drill. You've heard this a few times. Go to audible.com, sign up using the free trial. Assembly required is the little tagline. I'll say it like three more times. You know, I've got to get your little tokens, your premium tokens. Go get some premium content. You get 30 days for free. You can cancel it at any time. And signing up helps support your favorite. Your favorite homies at Assembly Required, colon, an MCU retrospective. Go to audibletrial.com slash assemblyrequired. Get that free trial. There's no pressure. You can cancel it whenever you need to, you know, whenever you need to. But I got to wrap this up, okay, because I need to get you this content. So thank you so much for listening. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash assemblyrequired. You're the best. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Bye. So a character
2: like Yelena, who is introduced after Endgame, but because she has that prior relationship with Nat, um, it's good to know, especially since it's so important to her character, finding out what happened to, to Natasha um, and then f- that, like fueling her for the Hawkeye series. I think that's that's good to know. But like, for, like Edward was saying, Moon Knight has been he's like completely isolated from the rest of the mcu no connection to any previous characters it might be interesting at some point to hear more maybe maybe they'll get into that in like the next episode to talk about some of that mercenary work that happened during that time but i don't think it's like as crucial to know Uh, but yeah sure if it comes up like if it's part of the story yeah great but uh i thought that was interesting i actually did not catch that i did see that online somewhere so shout out to that person who i don't remember Whoever you are, I hope you're listening. <laughs> yeah, maybe you are. Thank you. But the I, I,
3: I do think that um, if it does come up, it's probably just going to be very background information. Like, yeah. we have to acknowledge it happened, but it's not really important to what they were doing. It's just the background of, you know, what the world was like while they were doing these things. Yeah. Now, maybe it will be important to Kanshu, We don't know, but...
1: I don't feel like we're ever gonna give up on the blip stuff. I feel like every time a new anything comes out, the first question people ask is, I wonder if they got blipped. I wonder if yeah. they didn't get blipped. I-, I wonder what Marvel property will be the first one where nobody thinks of it.
0: Well and there like, probably won't be one. I know people have talked about this before, but like I-, I-, I get how people are so interested in what happened with the blip because if the blip actually happened, it would completely destabilize the world like it would like it i think it would be a lot more catastrophic than what the mcu has shown would have happened during the blip you're saying
1: it's not realistic
0: i am saying maybe we don't have to plug it into literally everything (laughs) yeah i agree mark attempts to convince steven to give him control and admits to him that he is the avatar of khonshu the egyptian god of the moon he explains to Steven that he uses conshoe's power to enact justice onto those that deserve it.
2: Kanshu is what I say when I'm sleeping. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Khonshu, Khonshu. No, that's what I do when I sneeze. <laughs>
2: Bless
3: you. Kanshu is my favorite kind of uh pork. That
1: you know, you pound it real flat and coat it in panko. Do I have to have one now? Yeah, um, you do. Uh Khonshu is what I say after I've been convicted of a crime and I'm eating. con Chew! <laughs> <laughs> you, you say this to yourself? Yeah, every time. He has to hype himself
3: <laughs> up. He He's so sound. depressed about being arrested. <laughs> <laughs> He's gotta tell himself what to do.
0: Uh, I think these interactions with Mark and Stephen are gonna end up becoming the linchpin of the show. I think him sort of understanding himself and understanding how his different personalities and his different selves interact with each other are going to become really, really important, if not already really, really important. And that leads me to the discovery that I made as I was writing these notes that Moon Knight is actually just a, a buddy cop TV show between Mark and steven and mark is the straight man and steven is the the, the 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 comedic influence uh and it's the two of them kind of having and i also had this realization when we got to do the mr knight which we'll get to later but the mr knight and him sort of being funny and you know you know pulling his sleeves up and saying you know come here come here you know the kind of uh kind of like funny and then we get to do the the you know, the sort of like Pep deck, oh, yeah, you threw a really good punch, but also give me the the power now. And then they kind of switch over. And I, I think it's a really interesting take for there to be a buddy cop that's the same person.
3: Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is that is a great point. And I think that's a really cool way to look at it. And it's going to be really interesting watching their uh, relationship as it were, you know, hopefully develop.
0: Especially if uh if Jake ends up showing up, because that'll that'll make it really interesting. Um, I'll talk about Jake a little bit more, but I have also been reading some Mood Night and Jake has its his own like section in hmm. the the run that I'm reading, and then I'll, I'll be curious to see if it's similar to the stuff that you've been reading, Peaches.
1: Yeah, he almost never came up in the two that I'm that I have under my belt. Interesting. Um, the the first one he was in one issue because. Whatever specific skill set he had was better for being like a... Um... Okay, let me back up. When he is the Moon Knight persona in that run, he is very much the, I want everyone to know I'm here. I'm, I don't care about stealth. I'm going to run in. I'm going to throw some punches. If I also get punched, so be it. When he uses his Jake uh, altar as Moon Knight, it is more of like a Metal Gear Solid stealth mission style thing. Uh, his his suit <laughs> is like more it's more like it's it's still white so it's not like it blends in with the darkness or anything but it's like slimmer it's like um i don't know how to describe it it's like he's wearing tights instead of wearing garments you know what i mean so it, that's really the only thing i and it was only in one issue so i'm
3: imagining having codec conversations now. can I've broken into the facility. Yeah. <laughs> I found yeah. a box. I'm going <laughs> to hide in it.
1: And and honestly in the run that I'm currently in the middle of, he almost never is not Mark. He I, I don't think he's referenced Jake or Steven as himself one time. He ta- most of the conversations he has that are like in his head are battles with Kanshu. He talks to Kanshu a lot more. There are people that he's interacted with in his in the current run that I'm reading where they know him as one of those personas. So they call him, like there's a guy that calls him Jake. And every time the guy calls him Jake, he's like, stop calling me that. I'm Mark. So yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with that. One issue.
0: Okay. Uh, Steven rightfully freaks out at the notion of him being part of an avatar for an Egyptian deity. So he decides to take the duffel bag to the authorities so they can lock him up. We then get this really cool scene with the like, um, with like Konchu in the hallway where the lights are coming off, and then they turn back on, and he's sort of trying to run around, and he just keeps running into Konchu, and then there's this really interesting choice of a freeze frame that I thought was so weird in the middle of this, like it just didn't match the rest of the. Sh- it was like, um, it is like the end of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, uh-huh. where he Everyone- uh. <laughs> he ends on the he's on the broom, and he's like. Oh! I thought the internet
1: was
3: buffering.
1: I thought the internet stopped.
3: I seriously thought that I was having an internet glitch until someone asked me specifically, Chris, what'd you think of the freeze frame? Because I famously hate that in Harry Potter. <laughs> I famously hate that ending. Famously among my friends. Among this particular <laughs> group of friends. He's
1: known worldwide for hating that
3: movie. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide hates the end of Prisoner of Azkaban.
1: I almost think that that is probably a choice when, like, maybe 98% of the scene that Oscar. Shot like we're on a first name basis. That he shot was good, and then the very end no, of it. He would maybe, like you to call him
0: Mr. Isaac.
1: Mr. Isaac, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe ninety percent of that scene was shot right, and then they didn't like whatever he did with his face in the last like second and a half. So they're like, let's just freeze frame. Yeah, like maybe all of the rest of it was perfect, and they couldn't recapture it again. I don't know. It didn't feel right to me. I don't know it why. Was weird. It was funny for a second after you realized that, like. Oh, it's not my internet glitching.
3: Yeah, when I watched it again this morning, I like looked out for it. I was like, "What a
1: what a choice!
0: <laughs> what an interesting what, what a choice!"
2: I liked it. I thought it was, <laughs> it was like because it was right after he like you know Kanshu turned around, he got this big old bird skeleton head in his face. Oh my god! <laughs> I have this thing that uh, it makes like the a really high pitched noise, but it also does this. <laughs> Oh, for the viewers, you're actually not viewing, so you didn't see it. But there was a big old flash of light on this thing.
0: For the viewers, that if there you, are, if are, if are the in,
2: viewers, A.K.A. The three, the three, three of us. You, uh, you can you, peer
1: into the fourth dimension.
2: <laughs> um, I don't even know what I was saying.
3: You were talking about the freeze frame, and
0: he liked the freeze frame. Yeah,
2: yeah, liked it. it was fun. It was. He, you just saw the big old bird, and he was freaked out. So they really emphasized that. You can't say
1: big old bird. That's Sesame (laughs) Street. I can and I
2: will. Big old bird, big old bird, big old bird.
1: Oh no, you've summoned the big old bird now.
2: (laughs) Oh god, that's why my dog's barking.
1: It's kinda comic-y though. Like in a sense, it's like a freeze frame is like I could,
0: you know, one hundred percent see them that them saying that is the reason why they chose to do that. They'd be like, "Oh, yeah. it's like it was pulled straight out of a comic book." I could absolutely uh-huh. see that be the the reason they chose that. Whether I That's agree with it, yeah, but uh, I don't know. But I could see them saying that was the reason.
3: Now, what I did like in this scene, uh, I like it when they play conjure for horror.
0: Yep, I agree,
3: and. I, I, don't, I don't remember if I said this last week, but I was thinking it. And I even put in my notes that after Khonshu first appeared, I started expecting him to just start being in the background like a Hill House ghost the whole time. And they do it a little bit. The more he becomes a character, the less I feel like that's going to happen. But every time he does show up for like a split second in the background, it's it's really cool. I, I like it when they play him as this scary figure. And I'll, I'll talk Is a they? little bit more about Khonshu later.
1: Is it canon that he's friends with that really tall bowler hat ghost that floats <laughs> with the cane? Because Boy, man, I
3: hope that's, not, I want that I, canon. That's I will canon Change to my me. opinion of Conchu. <laughs> what like, if it's they? What the if they, ghost.
0: What if they do do that, but only when he is Steven? So when he's Steven, Kanshu is this like ghost that just keeps appearing in the background. But when he is Mark, he's actually a character who he act- he interacts with and talks to.
3: Yes. Yes. Please do that. I hope, I hope it's not too late for them to go back and add that in. <laughs>
2: um, what you're saying, that there was also like a fake out in like the scene coming up where he's in the back of the car. There's like some sort of sheet billowing in the back. I was like, oh, there he is.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes, I
2: thought that, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, as as Stephen runs outside, he is almost hit by Mark's wife, Layla, on a moped. Uh, the two travel to his flat, where they discover they actually have a great deal in common. Stephen tries to convince Layla that he is not Mark, but she does not believe him and only wants him to sign the divorce papers that Mark sent her. So here's what I'm going to talk a little bit about Jake. So in the run that I am reading, um, we we have a few interactions, and it's sort of like um sort of like Mark talking to himself to the to the reader, and he talks about how he doesn't he never wants to bring out jake jake is the one he does not like he doesn't bring him out because in the run that i'm reading jake is all of the worst parts of mark put into a person and like stored away and um it got me thinking about this because the way that i have interpreted it so far i have interpreted mark as like mark specter is the a personality and then the other ones are splinters of his himself. That's how I've interpreted it so far. I could be wrong, but that it's at least how I'm, I'm interpreting it. And if that's the case, it feels like Stephen is almost maybe the best parts about himself. The parts that he, he loves with Layla. Cause it seems like Stephen and Layla have a lot in common. He's like, Oh, this is, you know, my favorite poem. And she's like, no, it's, it's my favorite poem. And then he's like, look, I love all of these Egyptian hieroglyphics. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like that's my thing, and it seems like he has sort of put in all of his love for Layla and all of his like his sort of goodness into Stephen, and so I is could she British?
1: I couldn't tell. So she... she's Egyptian. I the think. actress what? is not, but I wasn't. Okay,
0: my oh. guess is she is just doing her own accent. That is just okay. how she speaks, and so she's Egyptian. That that has probably spent some time in a place where the predominant type of English that is spoken is. Um, from the uk and so that is where her accent comes from
1: i was curious because i agree with what you're saying and i also as you were saying it thought is that why he gave stephen grant a british accent because maybe that's part of her
0: maybe so yeah just... that's
1: it
2: i hadn't thought of that uh
1: for some background may
2: Kalamawi, the actress was born in bahrain uh her father's egyptian mother's palestinian jordanian uh, she's lived in Doha, Qatar, and Houston, Texas. Um, ah. and she speaks both English and Arabic. So yeah, she's been Middle East and in America. So I don't know what her normal accent would be. Yeah, I wonder. I've never, you know, not listened to any interviews with her. This is the only thing I've seen her in. Uh, she also lived in Boston, so maybe it's just a mix of everything. Uh, it's her Boston accent. That's
0: why yeah, I can't. That's yep. why I can't put Mac Max Mac, <laughs> Mac hey, the arab
3: uh, uh, no, You got, got, got smartpock. <laughs> Talking about Jake. Uh, someone had brought up in, in another chat that I saw that Mark seems to be kind of living on the down low a little bit. You would think that he wanna, wouldn't want to rock the boat too much. Like he tried to get a fish to replace Stephen's fish. Does Mark Spector that we know seem like the kind of guy that would ask that tour guide out? That's a good point. And really mess with Stephen's life like that? Or... If Jake is really as much of a jerk as, as you're making him sound like.
0: Maybe he does feel bad for Steven. Maybe he wants Steven to have like a good life, so he asked her hmm. out on purpose to go out with... Because he, he asked her out as Steven. He didn't... He, he wingmaned like, for himself. Right, he yeah. wingmaned for Steven. Like I think he's just trying to make Steven's life easier.
1: Yeah, that could be. I like that theory. Because I also don't think, now that we've done this episode and they didn't, kind of what we predicted last time, they did not go back and show the Mark side of episode one. They did reference it in a couple of sentences. So I don't think they're going back, which I think is good because I think the pace of this show so far is very, very good. So I, I agree with that. I think that's probably what happened. I, I like the idea of him looking out for the other parts of him. Just kind of like, he's got a little bit of a nice guy going on, even though he doesn't show it, which is, kind of unlike what he is in the comic but that's fine
0: <laughs> Layla eventually discovers the scarab just before two of arthur's hench people come and arrest steven posing as police officers the two fake cops take steven to arthur's compound in london where he reveals some fun facts about himself as well as about mark and conchu first that arthur was conchu's former avatar Ooh and also that Amit judges those who will commit bad deeds while kanshu only punishes them when the deeds are done he says kanshu was a liar who will never give mark his freedom now danny arthur's an interesting character because he is not he's not the the prototypical marvel villain who is the same as the hero but different
2: yeah See so that's a common uh Criticism, both MCU and I think just in general, superhero movies. But uh, you'll hear this a lot that um, a lot of times, especially in like the first movie, like the origin story, the villain is usually just like the evil version of the hero. So, like, you have Ironmonger and Iron Man, Killmonger and Black Panther ends up being, you know, evil in some eyes, Black Panther. Uh, the Venom movies you whatever the uh, I can't remember the symbiote in the first one and carnage are both just evil venoms but this is a kind of I don't know whether it's intentional or not but it's just like a neat twist on that where this guy is maybe he wasn't a like moon knight but as a former avatar of Konshu, you know he clearly was a fist of vengeance as as it was put uh so he's he's got some skills most likely as far as like fighting but up to this point, obviously, and I, I'm going to guess going forward, it's he's not going to, you know, turn into something like that. His uh, now he's the avatar of Amit, and that's a very different approach as we've seen so far. He has some sort of power that uh, he uses to kill people. Plus, he has the cane, which gives him some power as well. But it, I think it's interesting that they're doing this where. This guy was a former, or he is a former avatar of Khonshu. So he has that perspective and he's kind of using that, trying to use that to get Steven to help him out. Like, Steven, you have the scarab, just give it to me. Um, you're part of this thing that you don't want to be a part of. Khonshu is, he's going to turn against you and all this stuff. So he's, he's coming at it from this perspective um, that, I don't know, I think it's pretty cool that uh, I did not see this coming. I mean, obviously, you know, this character is pretty different from the comic portrayal anyway. But I, I think that's it was, it's really cool choice um, that they've gone with here. Now, obviously, as their conversation progresses, it's Stephen, I think, realizes that this isn't a path he wants to go down. Amit and Arthur are, uh, well, they may have some noble goals, I guess. Uh, it's clearly not the right way to go about it. So... I'm, I'm going to guess, I, I know Ethan Hawke, you know, I, I think he's, before this, he had said that he wasn't ever going to do anything comic book. Um, It's not really his speed, but he, want, he. you know, he and Oscar Isaac have, you know, had a lot of say over this and they wanted to make sure that it was like an interesting story being told. So I think probably a lot of their fingerprints were on this, where they're having this villain who's very interesting guy, kind of a cult, like a soft-spoken cult leader. He's not the your typical, like, I'm going to beat you up type guy. Um, Although apparently he was in the past. So I'm I'm very excited to see how this progresses and uh, learn more about his background as I don't know what he called himself as Conchu's Avatar, but I think that'll be interesting to explore that.
1: Yes, just just Fist of Vengeance, please. Vengeance.
2: Mr. Fist of Vengeance, see you.
1: I'm going to jump on with my point instead of uh, Eduardo saying one sentence and then passing it back (laughs) to me. I, I agree that I think that he's interesting and I also like this this next bit that he has in the in the dialogue where you know he's got everybody kind of huddled around Stephen and he's asking for the scarab and Steven sort of stands up for himself which he hasn't really done so far yet in the show and he's like wait a second so if you're if if the crocodile lady is judging people before they do anything like how can a thought be evil like he talks about thinking about killing his boss all the time but he'd never actually do it and then goes straight into the you know accusing everybody of being cool with murdering a child just because in 30 years they might do something i a really like the way that that dialogue is handled from a actually from like a white space perspective like a he says that line and everybody in the crowd including arthur doesn't have anything to say for a second. And then after that pause, he's like, "I'm glad you brought this up." And then tries to justify it. I think that is a really cool way to tell the audience, "Hey, remember when some of you fuckers were like Thanos was right? This guy is not right. <laughs> Here's proof that this guy is not right." I just really like the way that they do that. It just removes any doubt that maybe this guy secretly has good intentions because he doesn't. And like Danny says, he also has this like weird supernatural ability to just touch somebody and kill them. Like he's got like some rogue powers going, it seems, uh without the cool hair. And obviously you you don't get to just use that and call yourself a good guy, right? Like the way he was doing it. The guy that he at the end of this episode that finds the scarab in the street and then Arthur like confronts him and he's like, "Hey, that's mine." It didn't look to me like he did that judgment thing. It looked like he just took the scarab, grabbed his hand and killed him. Yeah. Uh so there's some more proof not a good guy, right? Like he he claims that he's letting Amit judge all these people, but then he made a snap judgment himself right then and there. You know, I I like what they're doing with the character and even going back to what Chris said a few minutes ago about sometimes Kanchu having horror movie vibes. The whole creepy cult thing also gives me horror vibes. And I really like that about this show. I, You know, we had kind of a tease um, a couple of years ago when they announced Multiverse of Madness being directed by a horror director, well, Sam Raimi, obviously, and kind of having horror vibes. And that really got me going because I love horror stuff. Um, so the fact that a little bit of that is ingrained in this show through the villain, through just the the vibe of Kanchu, that's another, I guess name the vibes of Kanshu
0: <laughs> i played bass I, for the vibes of khonshu yeah
1: <laughs> i really like that and and you know nobody get on the arthur was right train or i will fight you mm-hmm.
0: i don't i don't think any of the i don't mean you guys that listen to this podcast would be on the arthur was right train because yeah. mm-hmm.
1: dude you never know i you never know
0: i i trust our listeners to not be like that
1: Maybe I'm just trying to give someone a free invitation to fight me if they want to. It's <laughs> a good point. I I'm glad you mentioned this peaches, but I really liked
2: what he said. I'm glad you brought or brought that up. Like that's I feel like that's Yeah, like
0: classic, I've talked like, about this before. That's HR our... talk. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> what I think is interesting, uh, a couple things about Arthur as the the big bad of this show is that you know, he big old bad. Yeah, the big old bad. Is that instead of having a personal relationship with the lead character in this, with Mark slash Steve, he has the personal connection with Khonshu, the the weird, you know, bird ghost. So that that's gonna be interesting the more I I think that it'll be interesting to see what kind of relationship is, you know, if we see any of that. Just the fact that the connection is through Conshu, who is like for lack of a better term, the the guy in the chair for, for Moon Knight. And I think that's an interesting connection. And the fact that he is, in some ways, the he's the same type of person as Moon Knight in that he's an avatar of an Egyptian deity, but he's not quite the dark reflection like, like Danny was talking about earlier that we've seen so often because he's not going to wrap up in bandages and become Croc Knight, probably. And you know, fight him, and you know, have a big CGI punch out in the in the finale. If if they do end up going that way, I will admit I'll be a little disappointed because he's been presented as such an interesting character, with a really interesting performance so far, very charismatic, and it, it's interesting seeing Steven almost get swayed by that before he thinks about it for a couple seconds. Like, no, wait, you're horrible, actually. So it, I'm really interested to see more of. I think that by the end of this, he could be one of the more interesting Marvel villains that we have gotten in the entire
1: MCU. So I I have high hopes. If I don't get a Croc Knight, I'm going to be so upset. Thank you for doing this to me.
2: Okay, we got Alligator, Loki, we're going to have Croc Knight. They just got to do like reptile versions of the old MCU.
0: Eventually, we end up back at the Scarab and Arthur demands that Steven reveal its location. While Mark tells Steven to keep his wife's name out his fucking mouth. Nice nice addition there Chris. Layla shows up to uh, rescue Steven although she was relying on Mark being able to transform into Moon Knight by summoning the soup. Layla and Steven run away to escape the evil compound cultists as Arthur summons another jackal to give chase. Layla tries to convince Mark to put the suit on which Steven eventually does but it is not the same suit we were introduced in episode 1. It's a it's like a it's like a suit instead of a suit, you know? That makes sense. <laughs> After landing one punch on the jackal, Steven gets his ass kicked by it until he finally gives up control to Mark. Now, Chris, I, I'm i going to steal your thunder for just one second and say I think the Mr. Knight suit is cooler than the actual Moon Knight suit. Uh, I think it just it looks a little better, partially because it's not all CGI. It is a real suit that, clearly, that Oscar Isaac is wearing, and so just generally looks better
3: yes i i would agree with that definitely there are definitely times where you could tell that he was actually there where probably wearing an actual suit you know that didn't need to be cgi which was which was nice i did like that uh i i really do love the suit and i and i think that it's a good take so far of you know how would steven manifest this moon knight he hears suit he's like okay he hasn't seen what moon knight actually looks like so he summons a suit the way that he thinks of a suit, and it's, it's fun. And then he gets engaged in some fisticuffs, and he's, you know, let me at him. But having said that, oh, and, and I think the idea of each personality having their own version of Moon Knight is a, is a really cool idea. And, and it sounds like that is something that kind of does come from the comics, which is, which is cool. But that being said, my understanding of Mr. Knight in the comics is that he's kind of a suave and super competent detective version of Moon Knight. And he's the one that will deal with the police and, you know, has kind of a different personality and is sort of a counterpart to the brutal and violent Moon Knight that we see. And I would love to see, I, I, I'm not the kind of guy that obviously thinks that everything needs to be just like it is in the comics, but I like that idea so much of like the smooth talking Mr. Knight, like, okay, hang on, let me handle this. And I would love to see Steven sort of evolve into that, that role. What we've seen in him right now, he's you know, dealing with a lot, a bit of a broken man, I think is what you might be able to call him. But we've also seen a lot of suggestions that he's very intelligent. The fact that he can read ancient Egyptian, he's learned how to, uh, to read hieroglyphics, he speaks multiple languages, he knows so much about Egyptian mythology, even though he's just a gift shoppist. You know, he he clearly has a lot of intelligence to him. I could see him becoming that kind of Mr. Knight down the road. If the show is going where I think it's going, and Steven and Mark can find some kind of harmony and combine the best parts of themselves, I think that they could be really interesting and effective superhero, both just from doing effective superheroing, but also it really kind of being a really interesting thing for us to see that we haven't really seen before where it's like, okay, this is a situation where Stephen's going to need to take control and Mr. Knight's going to have to handle this. But there are going to be other instances where he's going to have to cede control to Mark and let Moon Knight, you know, let the fists do the talking.
2: Yeah, I could definitely see like uh, Stephen, you know, once he's in the suit and gets more comfortable with the whole idea, like just, you know, building up a persona for himself. Where it's like he kind of has that confidence because he's behind the mask, and uh, now that he you know has is more experienced with the whole you know being an avatar of Conchu type thing, I can definitely see him building up to that, like you said.
1: Do we know for sure that one suit is CG and one is not? Because like I would instinctively agree with you that the like Mister Knight looks like it's real, and the Moon Knight suit looks like it's fake and i'm not i'm kind of at a loss as to why they would use cg for one suit and use real suit for the other suit well i don't really get why you would do that just make the suit
2: yeah i'm sure that um they have like a physical suit for both But the Um, Mr.
1: Knight costume looks so much more realistic. Yeah, I I think that the Moon
2: Knight one, they do probably do more CGI on just because that one is harder to like, especially with the action, uh, having it move right. The cape, especially. Um, I
1: feel like the cape is what ruins it. I I shouldn't say ruin because I don't think it looks terrible. The cape is what reveals that it is. Probably yeah. doctored a little bit more, well,
3: and the it, cape will probably always be CGI, even if he does have a physical suit. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: But I, I, that's what they do capes. with. I mean, Endgame, like the time heist suits, those were completely CGI when they could have, you know, actually had a physical suit for everybody. But the Irish yeah. whether it's as well. like time or uh, they they'd rather devote the budget to the CG stuff versus costuming or if it's just easier to you know they probably would need multiple suits like one that where he's like standing or not in as much like action stuff versus when he's moving around obviously you know it's much more likely to get damaged or mm. I know, everything like... we've
3: seen of moon knight has been an action scene so far if we ever get any like talking moon knight scenes maybe there'll yeah. be an actual physical suit
2: i know like a famous example of like something that was i think casino royale or one of the daniel craig uh james bond movies he had multiple suits one if he was just standing there he'd be in this one that was like really tightly fitted uh and if he was doing stunts they had like a looser one so he could actually move around so i'm sure it's something like that where instead of doing multiple versions they just have one and then use that as the reference for all the motion
0: I know you but compared it a little bit to Endgame, but I think it's really unfair to compare a small little company like Marvel to this very large conglomerate like Marvel. Mm, you're right.
2: You know, that there, was. There's no yeah, way only they had those, the
0: budget for. There's, there's no way they could have the same budget.
1: <laughs> I, I apologize to Marvel. Yeah. Oh. You think about that next time. <laughs> you know what I liked uh, specifically about the Mr. Knight reveal is that he reached in his back pocket and he found the beat sticks. Uh, and I don't remember if I talked about those on the previous episode, but they're really cool in the comic. Those things are not just sticks, right? You expect them to kind of work like daredevils beat sticks, but they're not in the middle of both of them. They come apart and they're like connected via a cord. So he can basically use them to, he. Like, there's like a button on the hand, the handle side of the beat stick. And when he presses the button, basically it disengages and you, he can basically whip people with them. He's like Simon Belmont. And then they come back. Um, and he uses them to like grab people around the leg and like rope them and pull them. Um, sometimes he'll like, grapple with them on a building or something. They're really cool. I hope that's not just an Easter egg. I also can't see Steven using them very well. I could see Mark using them pretty well. Either way, I thought it was really cool that he found them. I hope they come back.
0: My guess is that they'll never combine the two personalities, but I think they will be able to kind of mix their traits in with each other eventually. Like, I think Mark will be like, Steven, you know how to fight because you're me, and Stephen will be able to sort of kind of figure it out.
3: This is the part where I interject to say everybody needs to go see everything everywhere all at once, because that's basically what the movie is. Accessing different parts of versions of yourself to get. I very much want to see that movie. Oh my god, so
0: good! It's so good. Donning the more iconic Moon Knight suit, Mark leads the jackal away from public before impaling it on a very large spike that's on top of a little gazebo in the ground. Not really gazebo. It's like a little thing. I don't know. It's a weird little thing. I don't know what it is. Honestly, I don't know what to call it. (laughs) Structure. A little small little. Impaled by the weird little thing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Do you like how, just like Robert Pattinson's The Batman, his symbol on his chest is actually his weapon? <laughs> his moon His moon
2: No, it, it kind of... Does he have, like, an infinite supply in there? <laughs> I know! They just kept pulling him out, and it was still there.
1: Yeah, speaking of weird CGI, where did those <laughs> come from? Where did he they go? He has Egyptian god powers! From, Cotton Eye Joe? I mean, that... He's yeah, basically
0: well... Yami Yugi. He's got <laughs> Egyptian god powers, okay?
1: Well, yeah, like
2: Mr. Knight just pulled out the beat sticks out
0: of... My grandfather has no pathetic (laughs) moonerangs.
1: It's like a
2: cartoon. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I'll play my blue eyes white moon knight. Mm -hmm. I've exhausted my Yu-Gi-Oh knowledge.
0: My blue eyes white moon knight. Oh no.
1: (laughs) Should we all do Egyptian research by playing Yu-Gi-Oh? Probably the the best way to do it.
0: That's gotta be it. It's gotta be the only way to do it. We're going to watch or we're going to do this while also watching The Mummy with Brendan Fraser.
1: I would if I would have gotten my cup of coffee.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. We then get another conversation between Mark and Steven, but this time it is Mark who is in control of the body and Steven who is in the mirror. Steven would like his body back and Mark says no. Then Mark they have a they have like a weird argument and Mark smashes a the mirror that Steven is talking to him in. What it's I think was really said, interesting, interesting
3: in this scene is that we're only seeing Stephen in broken mirrors, and you know maybe it's a little on the nose visual storytelling, but I I enjoyed it.
0: Conchu then appears and warns Mark that he has not honored their arrangement because Stephen interfered. We learned a little about the bit, a little bit about this earlier, but uh, Conchu plans to have Layla take over as Moon Knight after he is done with Mark. Mark promises to find Amit's tomb, and we are whisked away to a new land as we are now in Egypt. And then we get the credits. Now, Chris, Khonshu um, is, you know, uh, Peach, I should probably start with you, actually. So Khonshu, um, you asked earlier, you were like, in the first, when we recorded last week, you were like, I wonder if we're going to show Khonshu being a dick because Khonshu is always a dick in the comics. And I think we got a little bit of that this episode. Uh, Chris, you were a fan of the dick. I guess, yeah.
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> Was that
0: whole setup just... Yes.
1: <laughs> respect, I respect
3: it. Hey, you know. I I do, I do. think, I have a feeling that Khonshu might end up being my favorite character by the end of this. Uh, he's a condescending bird skeleton Egyptian god. It's something I never knew I wanted out of the MCU, and I'm so glad we're getting it. I, I'm excited to see more of him. We talked a little bit about this earlier, but I... I'm excited to see him become more of a character, as he was in this episode, rather than just, like, the voice in the back of his head. You know, the fact that he has a physical manifestation that we're seeing so much of now, I think it does separate a little bit from maybe the Venom vibes that we got in the first episode. You know, it's going to be interesting seeing, you know, what his relationship with Mark is like, and seeing him now having this relationship with Steven... Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, and I hope that he sticks around beyond this series. I hope that it doesn't end with... And may, maybe I'll change my mind by the end of this, but I hope it doesn't end with him just, like, rejecting Khonshu but getting to keep the powers. I would like Khonshu to just kind of be a presence whenever Moon Knight is there, because I think that is going to be an interesting dynamic, that Moon Knight is kind of his own superhero team, if you if you really think about it. And that could lead to some really interesting conflicts, and if Conchu does stick around, then we can get storylines later, like like Peach was talking about, where Conchu's like, you know what, screw you, Mark, I'm going with this guy instead. Uh, so that that could be interesting. And that, what really interests me about him is that he doesn't seem like a good guy, but he also doesn't seem like a bad guy. At least when you compare him to Minority Report, uh, uh, Amit, who is like, and I will judge everyone, regardless of whether they've committed the crime or not, and he's calling himself true vengeance, true justice. Yeah, true justice because his fist will only come after you have actually committed the deed. So, I mean, at least he has that going for him. You can you can disagree with whether or not his... Ju- I see your face, Eduardo.
0: What? No, not my face. That wasn't yeah. me. I didn't do that this time. I yeah. did
1: it. I want well, him to know it was me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, as I was saying, after one has committed the deed, that... um. You know that that's when justice comes, oh my God, I'm realizing how bad it actually sounded oh, yeah see, no. you see
1: why you yeah. see why we were doing this okay yes, I do now. I do now
3: i whew, I'm lost now
1: anyway, okay, so
3: you you might disagree with what his version of justice is because it seems to be very brutal, but at the very least he's not killing children, low bar to clear, but he is clearing it, so Wow, I'm as cool as Konshu. Great. Yes, I also have never killed a child. Um, (laughs) My I've never killed a child shirt is raising a lot of questions answered by my I've never killed a child shirt. But yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe maybe Konshu can learn a little bit from Steven. Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll never get along completely. I'm just really curious to see where it goes. And I think it's going to be a really cool story that's not really like anything we've seen yet in the MCU and I, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: Kochi is actually the part of this episode where I lower my rating a little bit and it's literally because of one line. I like the horror parts. I like that he's like this presence in the background and he has funny moments. This conversation that he has with Stephen felt really weird to me because it was almost like the compliment sandwich when like your boss has to give you criticism at the workplace where he is like, but it's the opposite compliment sandwich where the bread is the bad stuff. And the middle part is the good stuff where he's like, it's like a regular sandwich. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> like you failed me and, and, I don't think you're cut out for this job, but Mark, you know I'd do anything for you. But you failed me, and if you do this again, I'm gonna give the power to Layla. Like, what was that line? What was that weird line of you know I'd do anything to protect you? You're worth protecting. Yeah. Why was that weird to you guys? It felt weird to me.
3: I thought it was really intriguing. Like, what
0: I I think, uh, Conchu maybe could be a tad manipulative and a little gas lampy a little 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 gas lampy a little little edison lampy little edison bulby i think it's intentional i think he's intentionally manipulating steven by dangling things in front of him like don't mess this up but also i love you
1: that is that's very conchu when you put it that way yeah okay it's just felt odd to me though i don't know
0: I mean, it's odd because you're not the one being gaslit, right? You're not the one being manipulated. but
1: Gaslamped, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, but to the person who is being gaslamped. Edison bulbed? Edison bulbed, Tesla coiled. It, you know, it, it, it means something different. Obviously, yeah, sure. we can see the manipulation because we're the audience, but, you know, we're not the ones being manipulated.
1: Well, I slightly rescind my weirdness, but not enough to change my rating. You'll
0: never rescind your weirdness.
1: No, I will not. <laughs>
2: Keep peach is weird.
0: Keep Peaches weird. Uh, so that's gonna do it for this. Uh, the the this portion. Uh, but what do we think? Uh, what do we gonna think about ratings? What are we gonna rate this? We're gonna start with you, Eduardo. Eduardo, what are you gonna rate episode two of Moon Knight? Uh, thanks, Eduardo. I'm gonna rate episode two of Moon Knight nine psycho Colonel Sanders out of ten. What about you, Chris?
3: Uh, I gave it nine precog crocodiles out of ten. How about you, Peaches?
1: I really like your commitment to the theming, Eduardo, of talking to yourself. Uh, I gave it 8.5 Summoned Soups out of 10. Danny, what you got?
2: I got 8.5 Invisible Jackals out of 10. What about you, Eduardo? Uh,
0: Thanks. It's me, Eduardo, again. Um, How do we think this is going to affect the future of the MCU? What do we think this is going next? Uh, Where do you think the show is going? I think... And hear me out here, the show is going to Egypt.
3: They did hint pretty strongly at it with that <laughs> last was a, shot.
0: There were a few Easter eggs. If you look very <laughs> closely at Wait, the last scene. <laughs> how did you
1: guys, what did you see in the last scene? Because all I saw was a shirtless Oscar Isaac. Where was
0: point. he? Yeah, I saw the shirtless Oscar Isaac, and then I blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> <under there. laughs>
2: I thought he was in Memphis because they had that big pyramid Bass Pro Shops in the back. You know what? He's in Vegas. Oh, there's a Luxor. <laughs> uh, I
0: I think it's kind of hard to judge where we're going next besides the obvious, which is we're in Egypt and we're going to Ahmed's tomb. Uh, See, and then...
2: when I say something like that, say, well, I've only seen the first few episodes, so I don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> and now Eduardo says it. nobody has anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, I'm hoping,
3: I'm kind of getting Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes. I watched watched an interview
0: with the creator director who was like, we want this to be different. We want this to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. We want it. Like he specifically mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark when he talked about what he wants for this show.
3: Cool. All right. Well,
2: mission accomplished, sir. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very excited for that prospect. Get some The Mummy, get some Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just connected that Moon Knight is the mummy of the supernatural Marvel universe, and my mind is about to explode.
2: When you say, do you mean like Moon Knight the series is the mummy the film of the? No, 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 no. Or I mean Moon Knight, like the character is the Moon, Moon Knight. The, Knight, the character.
0: character is the mummy okay. of the Marvel supernatural. If he interacts with the werewolf and he interacts with Dracula, I, okay. Moon Knight is the mummy. Yeah. Is that, okay. Is that uh,
3: okay. The analog for the Universal classic monsters. Right. Yes. Exactly. Who, who's uh who's Frankenstein's monster?
0: Abomination. I don't know. Okay. Well, the Hulk. I who's guess Swamp Hulk thing.
2: Hulk. But that's more of a Jekyll Hyde situation. <laughs> yeah,
0: DC yeah. Swamp Thing? <laughs>
1: DC
2: <see>
0: Swamp Thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, who's Swamp Thing? Who is you- Swamp Thing? Yeah, hope who, who, yeah who, who would be or the creature, creature of the, from the Black Lagoon? Everyone, everyone, always,
0: <laughs> <laughs> everyone oh, no. always asks who was Swamp Thing. See, in, you're I thinking- Whoever asks how I <laughs> was Swamp Thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Leo Carpazzi
3: has gotten in your brain.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't. I'm not putting that post-credits. I already have a good post-credits. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking right now. Oh, I'm always thinking of that song. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required at MCU Retrospective. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Assembly Requires, where all the cool kids are. Come on over there, join our Patreon exclusive Discord, um, you come chat with all of us over on the Discord. Uh, if you want to email the show, you can do so, assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. Follow well, the show on Twitter, at AssemblyCast. You can follow all of us individually. Uh, it's going to be gatorsex 2010 for Chris. Danny, do you want to plug your Twitter? I don't know if you if you are a Twitter plugger kind of guy.
2: You
1: can plug my Twitter.
0: All right, DLars93. Oh. It's going to be uh, ABCD Eduardo one for myself. Peaches, don't look for him because he's not there.
1: Yeah, I pieced out of Twitter.
0: Bye. <laughs> he's out. the smartest one of us all. Uh, and that's going to do it for myself, for Chris, for Peaches, for Danny... We love you 3,000. Bye, everybody!
3: Excelsior. Yeah, Lyndra. Bubbly Bubbly. Captain Genocide! <laughs> i think I'm it, I
2: don't i
1: مالهوش مكان زي <تصفيق> كشني تشو غير في
0: Wait, i have that florida poster
1: no you had that florida poster now is Danny that my has florida
0: it. poster <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: he stole it when we were visiting in september
0: <laughs> that's incredible
1: He has, he steals one piece of artwork from everybody that he visits. Danny,
3: the famous art thief.
1: (laughs) He does the opposite of what I want to do one day. I want to go to like, uh, like get some professional photos done of me. You know, when you go to like those touristy areas and they do like the black and white cowboy photos.
0: Oh yeah. 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 I want
1: to, I want to get like an old timey photo of me where they like superimpose a, a curly villain mustache and like a monocle on me. And like, I'm, I'm like holding a a musket and I'm like leaning up against a barrel or something. And I want to make it like a a really small frame of it, like, like four by three or something. And I just want to hide one in all my friends house. Like, I just want (laughs) to like, like put it on a mantle somewhere or put it up on the wall and see how long it takes them to notice this weird old timey photo of peaches.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, all right, I'm just going to start over talking about Yelena. No, okay. I'm uh, leaving
1: all of that in. That was comedy gold.
2: All right, well, you know, that's and fine. And I
1: actually do want to do that. I didn't make it. That. <laughs> but that's your post credits right there.
2: Oh, Hidden Peach. Oh, or
3: or whatever. I mean, you're heading. Yeah. do whatever you want.
2: Hey, I'm, you know, you can do whatever you want. Like he just The post credits <laughs> is just going to be. Hey! <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, bring Bear up later so he can record a bit.
2: (laughs) He's just gonna sound like as he licks the microphone.
0: God, I hated that. That's probably ASMR for some people
3: (laughs) and repellent horror for other people. (laughs) Oh, boy.